Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series sponsored and developed by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these podcasts, we read, translate, study, analyze, and discuss one of the aliyot of the current week's parashat. This week we have been studying parashat ha'azinu, uh, which is usually read uh, between uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim, and on some years is read whenever there is a Shabbat between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. It's read on that Shabbat. And thematically, it is a very fitting piece for this season as it uh, deals with the historic, a panoramic view of Am Yisrael's uh, prophetically uh, envisioned and described journey through history, including success, troubles, and restoration, and that brings us now to the final Aliyah, which is not a piece of the Shira, but is a separate a separate piece which begins, where our entire Parsha is in chapter 32, Paraklamet Bet, and this one begins in verse 44, and is itself all of nine Sukim, all of nine verses. As I mentioned, the song of Hazinu, which occupies the lion's share of the Parsha, is introduced at the end of Parsha Vayelach in chapter 31 as a, as a uh, critical memory tool for B'nai Yisrael to commit to their memories so that when all of the troubles of exile befall them, they will recite the song and they will remember and understand why these things have happened. So now that we've heard the Shira, which means, at least from a sequential perspective, that the Shira itself that we have here was not yet said, it was written. And then Moshe came and he sang it, he presented it to the people. He did it together with Yehoshua, with his successor, who has already been charged in front of the people and is going to take over. Does that mean that there is an anticipation that some or many of the things that are anticipated in this song will happen during his career? Not necessarily, although some of them certainly do. And then he finished reciting all of this, but he had something else to say. And that is, Vayomra Alehem Simu Levavchem Pay attention with your hearts. Pay attention with your hearts. Put it on your hearts. All of the things that I testify, and the word l'ha'id, which we in in rabbinic Hebrew means to testify, in Tanakh really is associated with the word meaning warning. You are to command them to your children. To guard and to do all of the words of this Torah. Now, command your children is a little bit difficult. Doesn't mean command your children to do all the words of the Torah because this sure to frighten you. Pay close attention to what happens if you don't follow it. Or as Asher Tetzavum means to command them these words, meaning to pass these words on. And that will motivate them. So is it a mitzvah for you to pay attention to the song and teach your children to keep the mitzvot or is the mitzvah to pass the song on to your children to motivate them to the mitzvot. Both are legitimate reads. 
Now the word reik generally means empty or vain. But here it has to mean something different. has to mean something like this is not an empty thing for you. This is not something which is insignificant to you. But rather, ki hu And the word ki here means rather. Rather it is your life. It is with this matter that you will live a long life on the land that you're crossing to inherit. And that's critically why Yehoshua is part of this stand. Now, what is Badavar Hazet? Should we read Badavar Hazet as being Lishmor Lasot at Kol Azot? That's attractive. Keep all the mitzvot and that's how you'll have a long life. The problem is that it should not be Badavar Hazet, but Ubi Dvarim Ha'elu. Because Divrei Torazot, it should be in the plural. Perhaps Uva Davar Hazeh is the song of Hazinu. Meaning, it is with keeping this song and this message and this uh, anticipated consequence of lack of obeisance in front of you that will ensure a long life. Or perhaps, Badavar Hazeh refers to the command, Asher Tetzavun You have to pass this message on to your kids and that will ensure a long life, meaning a multi-generational life. In any case, that is the epilogue to the song. And now, with the last five psukim, we move to what essentially is the last moment in the tragic career, which was a, the heroic career with the tragic end, perhaps a tragic end, of Moshe. That phrase, on that very day, is a phrase that shows up only a few times in Chumash. One of them very famously is when Noah goes into the ark, he goes in Be'etzem Hayom Hazet. When Bnei Yisrael leave Egypt, they leave Be'etzem Hayom Hazet. What do these things have in common? So the Midrash picks up on it and says that uh, a lot of people were complaining, Noah thinks he's going to get onto that teva and save himself. We're going to stop him. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to have Noah go in in full daylight in front of everybody and let's see if they can stop them. The Egyptians tried to stop us from leaving Egypt. God says, I'm not going to let you leave at night. I'm going to let you, have you leave right during the day and let anybody get in the way and stop you. And here we have sort of an inverse of that. But Israel, the according to the Midrash, the response is, Moshe, die. We're not going to let him die. We're not going to let you take him. Hashem says, I'll take him in the middle of the day and see if anybody can stop me. Because that's what the scene is. Alei el har ha'avarim hazeh. Come to this mountain of avarim. <coughs> har nevo. Meaning har avarim is the range. Har nevo is the specific mountain. Asher be'eretz mo'av. We got the location. Asher al-pnei yericho. So it's facing yericho. You could see yericho from there. Ur'ei at eretz kanan. Which means God is giving in to Moshe's request of, let me see the land, but from a distance. The land that I'm giving to them, not to you. Umut Die on that mountain. In other words, at this point, once Moshe has presented Hazinu and the epilogue to Hazinu, it's time he's finished his job. He's brought Bnei Israel to the edge of, of the land. They've gone around Edom, Amon, and Moab. They've gone to successful war against Sichon and Og. Moshe has commanded the people. And now he's ready to go. From the Brit, he's ready to go.
Die on the mountain that you go, go up to and be gathered to your people. Just like Aharon died on Horahar and he was gathered to his people. Now, important to note that that was also the way that Moshe presented it. Meaning that when Hashem said to Moshe for the first time, in Bamibar Chavzayin, come to the mountain and and uh, and pass away, and he said Kasher mate. Uh, Moshe's response is, you have to appoint a successor, just like Aharon, who died with his clothes already being transferred to his son and the successor in sight. You have to give me a successor, and that's where Yoshua is brought in. However, this will be different, because here Moshe is going to go up alone, and there will be nobody with him, and nobody. To he doesn't pass the mantle to anybody up on top of the mountain, and there will be no witnesses except for God Himself to His death. One little note about Hey Asef Elamecha, be gathered to your people. Uh, I spoke about this when we were studying Parshat Chukat uh, much earlier uh, in the year, uh, and uh, just the notion that the way that people were buried in the ancient world, in the uh, monarchic times and pre-monarchic times was for them to be laid out in on one of the rock beds in a catacomb. And when that rock bed was needed because another family member had died, they would take the bones and throw it into a pit in the middle of the of the catacomb. And that pit was called an osef, the place where the bones were gathered. And everybody was gathered to their ancestors, literally. It became a borrowed term already in Tanakh to, re, to be used for any sort of death. Um, and therefore, Hashem says to Avraham, you will lie with your fathers, even though Terach is buried in 500 miles away in Haran. In any case, And what's the reason you're going to die here and not cross? Because you, in the plural, because you are dying like Aaron, because you both are guilty of the same crime. You violated my trust, and you did not sanctify me in the midst of Bnei Yisrael. You will see it from the opposite side. You will not go there. Now, important to note, if we read this as a parsha and we're done, we don't think about it, and it, every year, it's several weeks till we get to the next parsha, because we go through all of Sukkot, and then only at the end we get Simchat Torah, and read Vizot Bracha, we don't pay attention to how this is juxtaposed to the next chapter. Uh, uh, even if we read it directly, and not stopping for a couple of weeks at this point, we also don't see the juxtaposition so clearly, because all of chapter 33, the next parak, is Moshe's blessing to Bnei Yisrael, which of course the sequence of that is somewhat difficult. When did that take place relative to this command? Did Moshe stop and say, I'm not going up yet, I'm going to give a bracha? Was the bracha given earlier? Unclear. However, one thing is fairly clear, and that is that Perak Lamedet Dalet, the 12 verses that end the Torah, pick up from this point, which means you really have to read a single narrative from Lamed Bet Memchet, chapter 32, verse 48. These five verses, along with the 12 verses in chapter 34, as one 
narrative that, of course, is interrupted with chapter 33, and that's the narrative of the death of Moshe. It really begins here, and it's picked up there, which I'm sure will be interpreted in a beautiful fashion uh, in the uh, in the Vizot HaBracha podcast series. Um, and I just want to, uh, again, give my uh, appreciation and thanks to the Orthodox Union, and specifically to Rabbi Bramowitz, for uh, giving me the opportunity to study many parashot with you through this wonderful medium. And hopefully the comments this week, uh, the observations that we've had on Parshat Hazinu, will help achieve a, a greater understanding and uh, enjoyment of this very, very beautiful parasha. Everybody should have a Shabbat Shalom and a wonderful day.